The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply commitment stuff so all right well i mean grip it and rip it go ahead all right and is it going yeah it's going we We are live okay and welcome back to another episode of wisco fanatics uh mikey our badger expert is here again welcome mikey tyler and i is uh every day uh today we are going to cover the badgers basketball game versus jackson state we're going to talk four bucks basketball games including a stolen basketball and some tunnel talk Mm -hmm. A uh, couple of milestones for Giannis, uh, Bucks career high for Damian Lillard, and you know just the Bucks just continue to grow the continuity. Uh, they're they're just looking stronger and stronger every single week. Um, they just they look like the best team in the East, in my opinion. I don't know if you saw how Boston lost last night, but right now it would be hard for me to not pick the Bucks as the best team in the East. Uh, blowing a blowing a lead to the Warriors team, who's not playing very good right now, is not a good look for Boston. In my opinion, who's the best team, best defense in basketball? So I don't want to hear any of that shit. Okay, I've heard it the last couple of years, but we're gonna get started with some Wisconsin Badgers football news. It's uh, National Signing Day, so Tyler, Mikey, whichever one of you wants to cook first, uh, let's get this thing rolling. So I'm gonna let Mike talk because I'm sure he's gonna have a couple specific players that he's really excited about. I just want to say something on the whole of the day. Because when it comes to Badgers football signing days, I do not remember a day that was this exciting under any previous coach. And it could be just that that social media is a little more in tune with it. But, I mean, even, even last season, the season before, when obviously Twitter was still a really big deal when it came to signing days and things like that, I remember maybe three to five, maybe seven or eight. Yeah. You know, big signings where it's like, oh, wow, they chose Wisconsin. There was mm-hmm. like 22 of them today. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a lot. I don't remember a signing day this big. Yeah. Um, all right. I, well, first off, I would like to say that the fact that we got this many kids in the early signing period, I think that speaks volumes because throughout the, it, this does not happen uh, at, at like hardly ever happens when you get all the players that you that you want as a staff to get signed early by by December, right? Sometimes this trickles out till I think April might might be the next signing period, March yep. or April or something yep, like that. Um, so the fact that we literally got everybody that we, I mean, we didn't get everybody that we wanted. The guys that were committed to us via with verbal commits, we got all yep. of our verbal commits in the early signing day period, and then some today. 
I think that like this first year ha- couldn't have gone any better for a new staff. I mean, and depending what recruiting website you go through, we're anywhere from probably right now with, with Rob Booker just committing to us, we could probably be anywhere as high as maybe like 18 up to probably like 22. Right. So yep. the first year for a coaching staff to come into Wisconsin and get a, a recruiting class like that, that is beyond impressive to me. Uh, as far as positions go, uh, you start with Wisconsin. What do you think about, right? You think about the running backs. We it's signed RBU, three yeah. running backs. and Yeah, it's RBU, baby. So, you know, the fact that we got to keep all three running backs in this recruiting class without anyone flipping to another school, that is that is crazy in itself as well because we, we obviously do need the depth. It's a huge bonus that Ches Malusi is now coming back yeah. this next year. We just learned that right before uh, today's yep. podcast. So that was good to see. So a guy like that, a, a vet that can come in, you know, teach some of these young bucks, you know, what, what's up, you know, before getting to the um, meat and potatoes of things, I think is going to go a long way with this group. And not to mention, you know, we got Jackson Aker as well coming back, Yaka um, Melli as well. So not only that, but the competition's going to be there too, which at the end of the day, Fickle keeps preaching about is to bring in more competition. So I think well, with the running – 2025 Badgers backfield is going to be stacked. Yes. And yes, to your point is. about some of the of the commits having other offers, Darian Dupree was offered by Alabama. So it's not yeah. like we're competing with Central Michigan and Iowa and Minnesota. Like We're taking recruits away from Alabama, Miami, UCLA. Like the Badgers, like I said, I don't remember a signing day like this. Yeah. I'll call it one more position group and that because I know we could go away like you know into this big time. I'm gonna call it the cornerback group because this is mm. a position that Wisconsin has not really I mean collectively Rico had a great had a great year, but before like before that, the cornerback position wasn't something that Wisconsin was necessarily known for because when we played really good teams like the Ohio States of the world, I kept tell, talking to you guys about this. When teams spread us out, that's when you know our Wisconsin defenses have gotten exposed. I think this is a step in the right direction. You got Emilio Agard, three borderline four star, three star kid out of uh, St. Joe's Prep, which is one of the top high schools in the country, actually, actually out of Philly. This is another one of those kids that cut, that literally that committed out of um, over like Tennessee, Penn State, Michigan, Alabama, I believe was involved too at one point, but I know it was Tennessee, Penn State, and Michigan. And then he, out of nowhere, he commits to Wisconsin because he loved Fickle and the staff when they were at Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. that was the story behind all that. So relationships matter, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other the other call outs, who uh, Xavier Lucas was the, the, yeah, the other Xavier big Lucas. one. Um, uh, safety cornerback. I think they're going to have him at cornerback, six foot six one, one hundred eighty five pounds. The reason why this is really significant is because you know this is a South Florida kid, um, you know who beat out Miami and Florida State like up until like today, right? So mm-hmm. you keep those That's kinds of schools, you know off his back and you with Wisconsin coming in into the picture. I know we do, we do have a tradition with South Florida kids. Yeah. And even in his, Rico had something to do with that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a bunch of like South Florida kids that have gone through the Wisconsin system too. So I'm sure that played a big, big part. Dakota Dixon yeah. too. If you, if you remember his name, yeah. he was another South Florida kid. Uh, but this is just another big one because he, Xavier Lucas as well had big time offers, you know, Miami, Florida state. 
I believe Alabama was involved at, at one point. Um, but, you know, a bunch of big schools involved in that recruitment. And, uh, but no, cornerback is definitely a position that if we're going to do big things at Wisconsin in the near future, that's a position that we have to, you know, execute on. So, um, no, all in all, very, very good day to be a, to be a Wisconsin Badger and couldn't be more excited for this class. For sure. So Jake and I, in addition to the Badgers having a really good day, Jake and I have some news that actually relates to college football. So Jake and I are very excited. Jake and I both now have been approved. Uh, Jake and I are both going to have media credentials for the Reese's Senior Bowl. Um, it's kind of, a, kind of a big deal. Like I'm trying to be, you know, like subtle about it, but it's 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 a big deal for us. You know, we've spent a lot of time over the last couple of years doing draft prep. And now to be to be able to be recognized by uh, applying for these credentials and to be approved based on the work that we've done is is really cool and it's an experience that Jake and I are really 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 looking forward to. I was gonna say I got called a celebrity by like six people at work today, so oh, it felt nice. really good. Um, not that any of them are celebrities, but I felt like one for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You're going to multiply that in no time, man. Don't worry about oh, it. But uh, congratulations to you, fellas. Uh, you, being guys. the biased Wisconsin fans that we are, I expect you to uh, um, make Tanner Borlini look like a first-round pick, you know, because uh, I we'll think he's the best. one badger that got invited there. I don't know if anybody <laughs> else has from Wisconsin. Uh, there's, so there's a handful of invites. Um, it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't have all of them as accepted, but I know – uh, Travion Blaylock was invited. I know Jason Matry was invited. Um, obviously, Tanner Bordellini was invited. Kimmeray DK was invited. Um, but obviously, Kimmeray DK is going to Florida, so he's not going to be at the Senior Bowl. But yep. uh, there was like six or seven Badgers that were invited. Um, and yeah, right now it's Bordellini's for sure already confirmed. Um, and I think Jason Matry, who declared for the NFL draft, I think he's probably going to end up going there because he's a guy who could use a bump in his stock. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Maybe get him on the show. Those, Let's those do middle it. rounds instead of those late rounds. Yeah, there you go. But congratulations, fellas. Y'all deserve it. Appreciate you. it. Wish you could go right. with, man. You're a big college football guy. <laughs> that's it. Uh, 2025 goals. Right, hey, that's that's it. We're working. Tim, We're working. Just, uh, Tim, you already know the special news. I'm, I'm positive because I'm pretty Thanks, sure Tim. you like the post. But yeah. Um, yeah, Jake and I are Jake and I are going to the senior bowl. Can't wait. Going to Mobile, Alabama. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to go there and like go to eat somewhere and then have them be like, are you guys from Canada? <laughs> dude, we should take an over-under. We should make bets and see how many times we get asked that, dude. Seriously. <laughs> I'll, put it on our, I'll put it on our itinerary for things to discuss on Saturday. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump into basketball. Got a bunch of basketball games to talk about today. We're going to start with the Badgers win over Jacksonville State. I thought it was weird. Uh, so it's the Badgers lose to Arizona after beating Michigan State, and they stay at 23. Then they beat Jacksonville State and somehow move down a spot. Like, why don't you just yeah. leave them at 23? Yeah, maybe it was just because they had one game. I, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't play much. That's I mean, the only thing I can think of. Taylor said he'll take over. Yeah. We're planning <laughs> on doing a live show from Alabama, actually, so – we're planning on we still are. doing our Wednesday show that week. We just might do it a little bit later in the day. We are. Yeah. A lot more to plan yet. But, uh, Mike, talk about Tyler Wall and Greg Gard's thoughts on Connor Asijan. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a bounce back game for for Tyler Wall. Um, they made it a point of emphasis uh, in this game to get the ball inside and be more aggressive, uh, I would say, for the most part, because we did have um, the physicality advantage and even the height advantage at times. So um, he scored the first eight points of the game. So if there's a guy that, you know, that, you know, made it a point to have that bounce back bounce back it was tyler wall right so uh established the physicality he had 16 points seven boards two assists and one steal so a big big factor in this game he played 30 minutes as well second highest on the team uh but, but behind chucky's 31 so um no it was a great bounce back game for him because I, with arizona he definitely you could tell he had a very tough time um so this is one of those moments for him where he had to you know, get his mind right and, you know, focus on what's ahead. So I uh, just w- definitely wanted to call him out for his performance because he was a big, big reason as to why we won this game for sure. Um, and then the big point of emphasis I really wanted to talk about because a lot of there's a lot, always a lot of speculation with, you know, Connor Siege. Why isn't he mm-hmm. playing? Why is, you know, what what's going on with Connor Siege? Is he hurt or what what's going on? So. Greg Gard made a very good call out, I think, after the game. And this really puts it into perspective what it takes, I think, to be a, a legit D- Division One college basketball player. So just a quick recap, you know, Connor Seijin first got put in th- with 13 minutes and 50 seconds to go in the second half. It only lasted about 25 seconds because mm-hmm. he got the first play. He got he, right after the first play, he got yanked because he got beat on a backdoor cut for for a layup against, you know, the other team on the inbounds play so he got yanked right away and then granted he did get back in i think it was was with about two to three minutes ago nailed the three for us that's great but it was pretty much when the game was out of reach so after the game you know a reporter asked him about it and greg guard um just made it clear that you know i'm just i'm gonna quote this now um holding him accountable is the best thing coaches can do and continue to demand you have to guard now, what does that sound like to you? Does that not sound like a Bo, Bo Ryan or a classic <laughs> right. Wisconsin team, right? So, yeah, the best thing coaches can do and can and continue to demand you to guard. He he's in a funk right now, so he made that a point. Mm-hmm. He he also made a point that he is in a better position than he was two to three weeks ago. He acknowledged that he is very coachable. So, especially like when you go from the highest of highs your freshman year from a individual standpoint to where you are now being coachable can go such a long way. I feel like, because you, you, you see it with kids all the time and today and today's college football or basketball world, they have one bad year after maybe having a great year the year before they will just transfer out and try the next best option. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're hearing the fact that, that, um, that Connor is being coachable and, you know, he's at least like progressing. I think that is going to eventually pay off for us, whether that's this season or maybe the next one or two years. So, um, yeah, he's obviously got to continue to be more physical defensively. He's acknowledging it and embracing it. Um, you know, and one more point I do want to call out Greg Gard did say, you know, a year ago, he played on a team that was okay. We're mm-hmm. a much better team, more depth. And the biggest point I think out of all of this, that we have scout other teams have scouting reports on Connor now too. You know, after watching him play Ooh. for a year, a year and ten games in, they got all scouting they got scouting reports on Connor now. They know his tendencies. You know, they're obviously gonna get they're gonna create matchups to get, you know, whether yeah. it's setting screens up for a guy to like get him at one on one. 
they have a scout legit scouting report on Connor. Yeah, so it's just something to keep in mind too, that you like, you know, if you're going to play division one basketball and you want to be on a great team that, you know, wants to compete for big 10 championships and you know, what, what else can get to the final four? You have to be all a well-rounded player. And I think when we talk about guys, you know, such as, you know, John Blackwell or even yeah. Nolan winter or some of the younger guys that are playing more, um, they're getting those minutes, I think, in a large part because they know how to play defense and they're just more fit for it right now. So if Connor can, you know, put it together, and I still am, I'm, I still think he's going to be a big part of this team. He just has to, you know, get it together in the defensive yeah. side. So um, I, I was just happy that Greg Gard called that out. And I hope that's a huge call that a lot of players took that to heart, whether that if you're a college player, you're a high school player, and you're looking up to guys like Connor, make sure that. You know, defense is also part of the game, too, if you want to be successful. How many times did we sit here and talk about why John Blackwell is playing so many minutes and then review back to before the season started and him understanding that he knew that playing defense was what was going to get him on the floor? He's known that since, like, basically since he arrived, I'm sure before he arrived, that as a freshman, that he knew if he was going to get playing time, it was going to be because he made effort defensively. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and I strongly agree with Greg Gard immediately pulling Connor Siegen out of the game after giving up that play. That's just one of those yes. things where it's like that's it's it's not even a lack of effort, it's just a complete lapse of just basketball. Like it's just yep. one of those things that cannot happen that you get beat for a layup on an inbound. That just that cannot happen. Yeah. So John Blackwell is my big takeaway when you're talking about the things of, you know, you have to play defense to get on the floor. John Blackwell has done that and made threes, which is Connor Asijan's other job. Yeah. So kind of you know, right now, now. I'm, not, I'm not saying that I want Connor Asijan to transfer out or anything like that, or like I want him to not get playing time. But right now, Greg Gard doesn't have to force him into playing time like he did last year. And that Correct. speaks to the depth comments. And then, you know, Mike, it's a really good point to bring up the scouting reports. That's something I hadn't even considered because I had only considered it from the from the John Blackwell angle. But, um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, so if we can just have a little discussion on this. I love this. I love everything about this. This, this, is, this is coaching. This is what it should be, right? And this is not like calling out Connor in a bad way. This mm-hmm. is a challenge, right? And that mm-hmm. that as an athlete, you know, on top of, you know, you're wanting your team to succeed, you should want yourself to be the best version of yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this is awesome for Connor. This could be life-changing for him, honestly, to look at himself, become a totally, you know, well-rounded person as well from this, you know, to shape his mindset into a positive way from this as well. So I love this from every aspect. And when I tell you, you know, coaching my son last year, that every time he would come up to me, did you see that layup? Did you see that shot? And I would always tell him, if you don't let him score, I'll be more impressed. And we brought him to a Bucks camp this last summer. And I was so proud of him because the first thing that he showed me was that he was a defensive player of the whole camp. He won defense player of the year for the whole camp. That, I tell you what, as a coach, dude, like not even as his dad, like as a coach, that made me feel so fucking good, dude. Because it was like, He's listening to me. And he yep. was like, I was clamping. I was clamping. I was like, well, clearly. I mean, look at the paper. It's the defense player of the year, right? And he's like, these big giant kids tried to go at me. They couldn't get around me. And I'm like, that's going to get you playing time. 
no matter where you Everything play. Everything will fall into place too, man. Dude, if, if you play defense and you hit free throws, you'll get on the court. Yes. Point blank period. That's just how it works, yeah. right? Connor's a good shooter, and we love him for that. Yep. He needs to he needs to care. And I've talked about defense a lot. You need to care to play defense, okay? If you don't care, you're not going to play. It's that's just what it is, right? It's kind of an effort thing at that point, right? Yeah. So, you want me to go into mine real quick? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, talking about caring and talking about effort, one of mine is energy, right? And energy can can start with one person and go through the entire team, but in this game, I felt like the entire team was locked in. Now, I know that. We weren't scoring great to start this game. But Can I say something on, on that subject really quick? What's that? Both of these teams have similar play styles. Both of them are grinders. Oh, they are. They are. They're both, they're both grinders on offense and defense. So I, I will throw that out as a kind of a disclaimer. I was, you know, I wasn't like saying anything bad. I was yeah. saying it as like, even though we weren't scoring, the the energy on defense was still high for the entire game, and that's what I respected about the energy, right? And as far as getting the ball down low in the post, like Mikey was talking about earlier, uh, I felt like we were getting deeper and deeper and deeper as this game went on and getting easier shots. And I felt like Crowell missed one or two. I mean, I only only missed four shots, but he kind of missed a couple that I thought he should have made. I, I have opinion. some thoughts. Um, I feel like Walt made a couple really, really crazy shots that was just like, whoa. <laughs> um, but the energy was just awesome. Um, we, we ended up with... We, we for, with the energy on the defense, we forced 15 turnovers and we got 40 points in the paint, you know, just by pursuing the ball and pushing the ball deeper and deeper and deeper. So love that. And my second one is defending without fouling. Now, this is a really, really big topic. And it's also something that's very, very hard to do in today's basketball where you don't know what the refs are going to be feeling that day. <laughs> to be completely honest, the refs are kind of ticky tacky one day and the other day they let you play, you know, like you're in middle school in the backyard and there's there's no teachers watching, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, hey, everybody remembers those days, right? <laughs> um, I think I still got a few following. scars yet. Oh boy, I I have a big chunk out of my shin still from from football in middle school, man. Dude, is there? Okay, let me let me just. This is a completely unrelated topic. <laughs> Are there many worse things as a kid than trying to play with a wet basketball? Oh, that's there's no question. grip. Yeah, that's a good yeah, question. It's no even worse respect. if it's like one of the like the smooth ones that then soaks up the basket, like soaks up the water, and then you shoot it, and you can just see all the water droplets coming off of it as the ball is spinning. Yeah. No. Yep. I remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> Josh said family. I remember getting tossed around. <laughs> by many, buckets. That's what you get for being the youngest, Josh. Josh, I don't know if you want me to tell this story, bro, but a story just popped in my head, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell it now since it's in my head before I get back to this. <laughs> Curtis and I were abusing Josh one day so bad. We kept tossing him in our, in our room. And we kept closing the door and shutting the light off. And we would hold it for like five minutes while Josh screamed for his mom, dude. <laughs> oh my god i wish curtis was here he'd be geeking right now oh that was so oh, funny. jesus and then right. was anyways to get us off the door oh jesus oh good times but defending without fouling very tough uh the badgers only had 13 fouls as a team so that's actually impressive 
It only it only turned out to be eight free throw attempts for Jacksonville State. Nice. That's very, very low. It's very good. Jacksonville State had 20 fouls as a team, and it turned into 26 free throws for the Badgers. So the energy and pushing the ball deeper and deeper and attacking them uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, going after all the 50-50 balls, that stuff racks up. So keeping the energy up, defending without fouling, those are two things that will win you basketball games. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Stephen Crowell a little bit already, and I'm going to say this. The way that this season has gone early and the the importance, and I'll say the correlation of the Badgers putting the ball into the paint with their winning has been quite strong. Like the games that they've established the paint and then worked from the inside out as opposed to the other way around has been their best games. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to give Jake credit. And, you know, maybe maybe just say that I was wrong to put Stephen Crowell as a 9 on the impact meter. Hey. Jake had him as a 10. I think he's at least a 9.5, if not a 10. Yeah. I had him as a yeah. 9, but that might have been might have been a little low. Now, that saying, Stephen Crowell, he's become not only important to the offense, just as, you know, opening the offense by giving the ball into the paint. Stephen Crowell mm-hmm. is always... This sudden, always, that's not the word I want to use. Also, working his ass off on the offensive rebounds. True. And that transitioned into offensive rebounding, which is the other thing I wanted to talk about. The Badgers had 10 offensive rebounds in this game. That led to 13 second chance points. So I looked over the last four games, how they've been doing on offensive rebounding, including this game, Arizona, Michigan State, and Marquette. That's the three-team gauntlet. And then Jacksonville State. They have 39 offensive rebounds for 66 second chance points. That's that equals out to about 10 offensive rebounds and 16 and a half second chance points per game over their last four games. If they sustain that, that is huge. Yeah, and for their chances the of well. winning games. A lot of wins are going to happen if uh, absolutely are gonna come our way if we if we keep that up, no doubt. Because if, if I mean if they can keep that up. Any day that they shoot the ball well, they're they're going to be in the 80s and 90s in scoring. Yeah. So, yeah, the offensive yeah. rebounds is the other big thing for me. Um, and I did mention it. Both of these teams are grinders on defense and offense. So, this that's I think that's part of what drove this game scoring down a little bit. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to call out is the Badgers. They did this against Michigan State and Marquette is when teams cut the leads on them, getting to the free throw line. That's that's been a big deal for them in the last handful of games too. Now the Badgers only had one game this week. And they only have one game next week, so they have Chicago State on Friday night. That's the only game the Badgers have between now and next Wednesday. So, Mike, what are two goals you have for the Badgers on, on Friday against Chicago State? This first one's a little broad, but do not lay an egg on this team. And I say that because Chicago, Chicago State's on a three-game winning streak right now, and that was started by winning at Northwestern um, last week, oh, yeah. uh, this time last week. Yeah. So well, these guys are – this program is not what it what it was, you know, every other time that we play, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They are 6-9 and nine overall, 3-3 three and three on the road. But, again, they've won three in a row now, four out of their last five. Um, Valparaiso was another big win, win for them uh, a couple days ago as well. But I mean, again, this team went to Northwestern and beat them and Northwestern beat Purdue. 
So, I mean, a, a lot of shit can, can happen in college basketball, but uh, um, my first goal is simply do not lay an egg on this team because if you do, you just you very well could lose this game. That's just the reality. So um, goal number two, uh, keep establishing the physicality. I think uh, p- part of our identity, part of our identity this year is that we are pretty damn good, at least so far this year with crashing the boards. I know we struggled a little bit against Arizona, but with this, well, this last game was a, was a get right game, I think, in that guard. So if we can continue the physicality and you know keep you know getting those second chance points and you know rebound, getting those defensive rebounds for the first and one time possessions, and just keep doing that, I think. Uh, we should be we should be pretty well set, uh, you know. Come Big Ten time. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things where. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Jake, Jake can give yours first, and then I'll talk about my turn. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Big Ten time because uh, my first goal is to get Chucky Hepburn some confidence before Big Ten play starts. Uh, would be nice to to see him have a big time scoring out, output. You know, like, like a twenty point game. That would be nice. I'm not talking like. 45 or something insane, mm-hmm. like he's Damian Lillard all of a sudden. But, you know, uh, a nice, like, 20-point game where he's kind of controlling the pace, getting to his spots, and, and hitting his shots. I think that would be really, really nice. And uh, mine are both player-centered. Uh, my next one would be uh, I would like to see Nolan Winter have a, a nice shooting game from three. He has a really, really nice-looking jump shot. Looks really smooth. Uh, I'm really excited for the next uh, two to three years where he's just going to be knocking down a bunch of three-pointers and, like, Honestly, I think if you watch him play, he is so smooth. If he progresses the way that I think he is, puts on a little bit of muscle, I honestly think that he has, like, Big Ten Player of the Year potential. Like, I don't know if I sound, like, insane saying that. Uh, dude, you already know I'm a huge Nolan Winter but, like, I'm I'm all on board. When I watch him shoot, I'm like, bro, if he shoots, like, nine of those a game, bro, and makes, like, four, like, we're going to be starting to cook here. Say this, if he has a big game on Friday night, I'm going to write this down right now. If he has a big game on Friday night, I'm making a Nolan Winter hype train. Hey, I want I want that. I want him off the bench. I want him getting some, some more shots. And I want Chucky Hepburn to get some confidence before we go into Iowa and, you know, slap them. I like that Chucky. Yeah, I just, I'm not looking forward to having to see fucking Fran McCaffrey. Oh, God, that guy's such a clown. Boot his ass out. Tail as old as time. <laughs> Whatever. All right. That said, my two goals, this first one, and this kind of goes into Mike's point a little bit of not trying to overlook them, but the Badgers need a win where it's not necessarily a statement, but it's more of a statement to themselves than outward. So my first goal is for the Badgers to win by 20. Mm. No, that's, that's, again, that's just – Kind of just arbitrary. You know, if they win by 15, I'm not going to be like, they failed. Like, you know, just just a goal to get a big win. My second one is to cut fundamental failures under 23. So against Jacksonville State, the batters missed eight free throws. They gave up 13 points off turnovers and nine second chance points. That's 30. The batters have been kind of in that 25 to 28 range for the season. But for those fundamentals, which I count as making free throws, boxing out to not give up offensive rebounds and then not turning the ball over those three things. I'm looking for the Badgers to be under 23 points against Chicago state. Okay. I'm with I like it. that. All righty, Mike, we will have you back next week. Um, I think we're going to probably, probably sometime in the spring. We'll talk about all the guys that signed for the Badgers today. 
In the meantime, definitely keep an eye out. I'm sure we're going to get some more Luke Fickle bat signals between now and January 5th when the transfer portal closes. So keep an eye out. And other than that, Mikey, we will see you next Wednesday. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good one. Hey, have a Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah, you guys as well. And congratulations once again. You both uh, deserve it. Get those credentials and, yeah, well on your way. Hey, we're bringing you with us, man. We're bringing you with us. (laughs) All right. 2025. See you there. (laughs) All right, buddy. Let's do it. Later. We probably could, you know, if we did it. Like, we obviously do a ton of draft prep. Like, people that watch our show know that we do, like, a shit ton of draft prep. Takes a long time, yeah. It it does. And it's one of those things where it's like we do it with, like, Simon and Bryant came with us last year. Like, if Mike would be interested in joining with us at some point. Um, to give us like he's more from the college football perspective of it than the NFL perspective of it, dude. We're live. I don't care. Just gave me a random idea. You know, we have all these people that we have join us. Why don't we just have them join us when we go live for the draft? Like, well, yeah, just, yeah. Like, we, I mean, like, why, yeah, why don't we, we just have Mike come on with us? Like Saturday when like some of the Badgers are going to be coming off the board. You know, some of those late round flyers like a uh, Matry and stuff like that. Like. Why don't we just ask Mike if he wants to join us? I think that could be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, last year we did the first round and then we did the second and third round. I don't know. It still seems like a really big undertaking to do Saturday yet. I wonder how many viewers we would get, honestly. I feel I really like did. over the course of the day we could probably have a good amount. Yeah. But, man, if we were live during the entire Saturday of the NFL draft, that's – I mean, if, if people are really realizing that we're talking about all the guys because we've seen, you know, almost all of them, that's uh, that's a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Taylor says do Taylor it. Said do it. All right, oh, Taylor, man. we'll do it. But you have to come on. <laughs> you have to come on the show. <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure something out. Um, all right. So we're going to go to the Bucks now. Oh. Jake and I have – Four Milwaukee Bucks games to discuss. Now, I don't. I'm debating if I want to do it now or at the end. Any, mini money, mo. Let's do it now. Uh, okay, so the Bucks lost to the Indiana Pacers in the in-season tournament. Right? Taylor said he'll be the entertainment. Bucks lost to the Pacers in the in-season tournament, and Bobby Portis spoke up in the locker room after the game. And everybody's like, oh, it seems like Bobby Portis wants Adrian Griffin fired. There's turmoil in the locker room. And what did we say? Uh, he's challenging his teammates. There's nothing wrong with that. It sounds like a group of guys that wants to win, is yeah. what I said. Yeah. And it shows. They're literally 4-0, and actually 5-0 and since that happened. They're 4-0 and in the last week. 5-0 and since that game. Since that quote-unquote turmoil in the locker room. Yep. And I and I get it. The Bucks haven't played world-beating teams two of the last four. The Pistons and the Spurs are not good basketball teams. Yeah. Rockets are a little bit of an upstart, and the Pacers are a decent basketball team. Yeah. That said, who is your... Milwaukee Bucks, power pair, underrated performer. We'll talk about these games individually, but. This is going to be a lot of fun, man. So let's have fun with this. Damian Lillard. Man, 
I still, to this very moment, when I w- turn on the game and I watch it, and then and him and Giannis are standing next to each other, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is like modern day Oscar and Kareem for us, dude. It really is. It is. Like, I can't believe it. It's like Damian Lillard shot a shot last night. And we're going to talk about it. But he shot a heat check last night. You called it a heat check. <laughs> and he was like so off balance and he shouldn't have made it. And I was just like, oh, God. People are going to be so pissed when he's doing that in June. <laughs> so, Damian Lillard averaged 33.25, so 33. Four rebounds, six and a half assists. He shot 55% from the field, 48% from three. Damn. He averaged almost uh, damn near two steals. He was a plus 77. Damn. So, if you average that out, when he was on the court, an average of plus 19. Yeah, he's good. And one he doesn't play worse. defense. Mm. Yeah, averaging two steals and 33 points per game. I'll take that. Thanks. Yep. Uh, also, he stretches the defense farther than we've ever had it. Ever. Literally ever. <laughs> he literally pulled up. I believe that was last night again, where he just pulled up from like the parking lot. And I'm just like, okay, I guess. And then you just cash. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he has that. He has that feeling where, like, every single time he shoots the ball, like it feels like it's going in. Yeah, every single. You, time. you can also tell when he's feeling really, really comfortable. Like last night, you could tell. Like he was like, he was locked in. The ball was yeah. coming off his hands, super clean. Um, my next one is Chris Middleton. He averaged he averaged seventeen five and four. He shot forty nine percent from the field and thirty six percent from three. The legs are coming back. Slowly, mm-hmm. every game, you see the legs coming back, coming back, coming back. He's yep. got a little bit more lift on the jumper. He had two steals this week, and he was a plus 33, so an average of plus 11. Oh. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'll take that for your third option. Right? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brooke Lopez was my underrated performer. Now, one. you're going to look at his first two games, you know, in this four-game stretch, and you're going to be like, six points and five points. Go over to the blocks. When he had six points, he had six blocks. Yeah. When he had five points, he had five blocks. Yeah, that's that's wrong. Um, it's so stupid. He averaged <laughs> ten and four this week. Uh, he had he added three assists. He's not really a, a playmaker. That's not what he's on the floor right. for. Um, he shot. He had a rough shooting week this week. He shot forty two percent from the field and twenty four percent from the three point line. But he had eighteen blocks. Damn. That's a four and a half block average. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> so this is my favorite part of the whole thing. He scored a total of 43 points. His plus minus was plus 43. Nice. So literally his points, Matt, like that's just – how does that not scream underrated performer? Like he, he Yeah, that, that translates. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. So Man. plus twenty three is basically plus eleven. Yeah, he Taylor said DPOI or we riot. That, he should have won it last season, year, in my opinion. I agree with Jaron Jackson Jr. playing like half the season, and then you like the contested shots thing for me was where it really came down. Yeah, he. We are so lucky to have the team that we have. Oh my god. Yeah, <clears throat> and lo and behold, like we said, to just be patient, like, you were literally seeing things clicking that weren't clicking a month ago. Oh, yeah. Literally just said to be patient. Now imagine a month from now. 
imagine two months from now when we're coming out of the all-star break. Mm -hmm. There's still so much progress to be made. We're still like three and a half months away from playoffs. There we are. Then we're talking about progress that has been made in a month and a half. Think about how much progress there still is to be made. Now, exactly. And that's one of the things people can be like, well, the defense is a problem. The, the guy that we have to switch one through five on defense is not healthy. I do not care if the defense is a little bit of a problem. There is not somebody stopping this, this offense four times in seven games. No, no fucking way. And let me say this on that subject. I'll, I'll bust this stat out right now. The Bucks scored 140, 140 points four times in 82 games last season. Do you remember how many times I told you they've done it this season already? I remember. You, you, Four. You, yeah, I was going to say, you tell. This is yours. They've literally already matched the number of 140-point games they've had last season in this season in about 25 games. <laughs> That's so dumb. It's Oh, Taylor's getting ahead of me. The, the scoring output is its not even remotely close to what it was last year. It yeah. is – insane leaps and bounds better. I might, I might actually go through and look and compare 130-point games and just see where the number is on that already. But that's that'll take a little bit longer to look through to find out for all there. Uh, Taylor said he's aiming for 160. So is Jake. I feel like that meme, dude. I feel like that meme. Oh, the Spider-Man meme? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you and Taylor both won 160 points. <laughs> uh, just give me one. Just give me one. I'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my power pair, an underrated performer, number one, Giannis, had to be. Jake had him last week, so I got to have him this week. He set a career high in points and a career high in assists. I have 34 stats for Giannis's jersey number that I'll bring up when I get to that Pacers game. Well, but on the week, Giannis averaged 30.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, 7 assists, 1.8 steals on 57.7% field goal shooting. I'm going to leave Giannis's three-point stats out because I don't believe he should be shooting them. And his numbers reflect that. And he was 64.5% at the free throw line, which is kind of what's to be expected. Yeah. One-hopping you, Jake, aiming 170. This isn't the all-star game yet. <laughs> I'll take 170. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <clears throat> they'd, they'd have to leave their starters in for, like, five minutes too long against a really – Or we'd have to go to, like, double overtime or some shit. Yeah, that's true. The Bucks had a double overtime lane last year against the Thunder, and they scored 136. Yeah, yeah. 136. We're scoring 140 in regulation. Yeah. <laughs> My other one is Bobby Portis. He averaged 21 points, 7.5 rebounds, 63% on field goals, 58% on threes. Damn. And 100% at the free throw line. He was 5 for 5. That was all in one game. But Bobby Portis, 11 for 19 from the three-point line last week. He was cooking, dude. What a stud. What a stud. Was... The three-pointer's coming along. Like we, Like we said it would. Fuck's sake, if people just watch our show and listen to us, yeah, settle you know. down. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. My underrated performer, Taylor already mentioned him in the comments. Adrian. I almost said Adrian. Andre. We got too many guys with A's. Andre. We got Andre and Adrian and AJ. It's too much. Andre <laughs> Jackson Jr. is my underrated performer. He filled in while Malik Beasley was sick this weekend. He might not be one of our best defenders yet. Yet. Yeah. But I have no problem saying that he is easily our most active defender. 
I will not argue that. Good, because I would fight you to death on it. <laughs> <laughs> he averaged he averaged seven points, four point eight rebounds, two point three assists. Very underrated passer. Something we talked about when he was drafted. But on the week, he shot fifty five percent on field goals, forty one point seven percent on threes. He was five for twelve on threes. For a guy who came into the season as you know not being known as a shooter, Andre Jackson Jr. is shooting forty five percent on threes on the season. And you know, a lot of them are coming from the corner, but he's starting yep. to leak out to that. Uh, that like right at the break. Yeah. He's starting to leak out a little bit more. If he gets to the top of the key and he can kind of be a guy that can defend a shot, you know, at the rim, you know, because you said, like you said, he's a very active defender and he could follow a guy and, you know, defend a shot at the rim and he can kind of be a secondary break guy and shoot from the top of the key. He could be dangerous, bro. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he's already in position to be back on defense. Yeah, and he caught a sick, nasty lob from Dame this week. Yes, and we're gonna—I'm gonna talk about that. I plan on talking about it. All right, but, said for Buck's sake. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know what you thought I said. <laughs> All right, let's go to Thursday's game against the Pacers. Uh, I'll say this: the Pacers getting off to a fast start is to be expected. But what stood out to you from this game against the Pacers? Well, I don't know how we don't start with what stood out, and we don't talk about how Giannis had 64 fucking points. All right, let me bring up the stats. <laughs> you lay them all out there, dude. Lay, lay them all out there, and I, then we'll get into the breakdown. I literally had to make three graphics because they didn't all fit on one or two. <laughs> so, so all right, here we go. Giannis' 64 points were a new career high, a new franchise record, the highest number of points scored in this season. 43 points that he scored in the second half is the most points scored in a half this season. He scored 13, then 8, then 17, then 26 in the four quarters. Uh, there have been five 50-point games this season. Giannis has two of them, both against the Pacers. This is the most points in NBA history with less than 30 field goal attempts. Um, he was 20 for 25 on twos, 24 for 32 from the free throw line. He had 17 points in the final six and a half minutes. This is the most points in NBA history without a three-point make. Obviously, Will Chamberlain had 100. That was before the three-point line was invented. That's why I put it on there. People got bucky about it. I don't care. Tell someone who cares. I don't care. Uh, this was the first 60-point game without a three-point field goal since the year 2000 when Shaquille O'Neal did it. He only had 61. Giannis scored 64. This is the first game in NBA history to make 20 field goals and 20 free throws, shooting 70% or better on both. This is the most points in the NBA since the three-point line was added. I did go back and change it just because somebody had to be a little technical about it, but yeah, 34 stats for number 34, and here's the thing. Giannis now has the most consecutive 30-point games with 65% field goal shooting in NBA history with five straight, uh, which obviously came to an end, but that did lead to the resurgence of Damian Lillard, which we'll talk about. But now that I have just spoke for 14 straight seconds on Giannis's stats, just reading them all down the line, oh, now what's it up to you? Uh, Well... Add a couple more stats. His 32 free throw attempts are the fifth most all-time by a single player in a game. Mm. Don't know if you know that. Uh, the top two are both owned by Dwight Howard, who shot 39 free throws in a game. <coughs> Twice. In back-to-back years, by the way. Wow. Uh, with the Magic, and then when he got traded to the Lakers. Uh, the other two uh, two of them above him are also DeAndre Jordan. Makes sense because he was trash at free throws. I, I honestly thought Shaq was going to be on the list. Shaq is on the list. He's the other yeah. one. So, had a boy. Uh, he also, Giannis also had the most layups in a game ever with 14. I don't know if you said that. Uh-huh. 
So 14 layups in one game is a lot. So for him to he was honestly just I'm just gonna I'm gonna cuss, so cover your kids' ears. He was legitimately like if you were watching like somebody box and one guy is just has this guy in the corner and he's able to just grab this guy's head and just continuously pound on him. That is what Giannis did to Miles Turner. Honestly, I was thinking more of it like the guy is standing there protecting his head and Giannis is just like body shot, body shot, body shot, body shot. Like no, he he was he was destroying Miles Turner. Miles Turner is not a bad defender. I put we, my we, we hold him in high respect as I far like as his Miles playing Turner. goes. I I yeah. We're, we're, we'll, we'll get, get into, into that. The, Save that. Let's talk about the game first. Game we'll get first. into the nuances. But, you know, when I was watching this game, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, Tyler and I talk all the time of like, oh, this guy could guard Giannis, and this guy has potential. And we ne- we, we've we brought up the thought of Miles Turner, right, because he's a big-body guy. He's athletic. Watch but after Giannis. watching two games this year where Giannis scored 54 and then 64, I mean, holy shit, dude. And for him to continually just get to the rim and get to the rim, then he gets hard fouled. And I thought Thanasis was going to actually. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And Bobby were both ready to go to war. Yo, Bobby has crazy eyes. And when he <laughs> has to make his crazy eyes into crazy eyes, you fucked up, okay? Oh, man. Thanasis <laughs> jumped off the, the bench like a mobster's brother. Bro, oh, my God. nuts. But, right. you know, Bobby did have a good game outside of making his crazy eyes. He crazy eyes. Um, He had 19 points, two rebounds, two assists. He shot well, 8 of 13, 3 of 4 from 3. Um, the Bucks scored 140 points and made seven three-pointers. Man. That is – I don't think people understand how fucking dumb that is. That's hard. That is really dumb. And I just want to point something else out. Both these teams combined on free throws shot 80 free throws. Well, I mean, you figure Giannis had 30 of them. Giannis had 32 free throw attempts. The Pacers. No. 32 free throw attempts. So, 
Oh, I didn't bring up the stat about the starters either. You can get into that. I got one more thing. <laughs> I was looking up like most free throws in a game, blah, 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 right? And it brought me back to like these weird teams that I didn't even know existed. One was called the Chicago Packers, by the way, mm-hmm. which like, was that, like made my skin feel icky. I don't know why, but it did. But the the biggest the biggest team that the, the team that had the most was the Syracuse. I forgot their name. Some old team Syracuse in the forties. They shot eighty nine free throws in a game. Damn, that was probably back before they were jumping. Before they thought it was a good idea to jump. See, Taylor threw up a little too. Yeah, my skin felt really icky. I was like, do I like? Shave my skin off? What happens now? I don't understand. It's, that's a different team, though. It's like it's like Cardinals. Like the Cardinals are in Arizona, but oh. they're also the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, it's the Syracuse Nationals. I'm so sorry. And they were facing the Anderson Packers. Huh. Yeah. So okay. everybody liked the Packers name and the Green that, Bay. That sounds like a paper company. It does. It really does. <laughs> Anderson Packers. Yeah. That's that's a, a head-to-head uh, competition with Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, that's the office. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what did you see? Okay, so Indiana jumped out to a fourteen to six lead. Um, I will say the Bucks started to slow down Indiana a little bit by having their hands more active in the passing lanes. And I'm going to bring yep. this up again when we get to last night's game. Yep. Now they also did a lot of switching, and then they put Marjan Bochamp and Andre Jackson Jr on Tyrese Halliburton. So those were the primary matchups, mostly in the fourth quarter or in the first quarter. The Bucks made an 11 to two run, gave them a one point lead. Andre Jackson Jr. Had a really awesome like poke steal and then a pass ahead to Giannis. And then like 30 seconds later, Giannis missed a layup and Andre Jackson Jr. Had a tip slam and you could tell he was feeling himself. Oh yeah. That he was looked awesome. at the camera, bro. What's the yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobby Portis continued his takeover in the second quarter. The Bucks were giving Indiana a little bit of a taste of their own medicine by going in transition after made baskets. Yes, they were. And they were getting some second chance points. Also in the second quarter, Damian Lillard, congrats to him. He made it into the top five all-time three-pointers made. So I, I thought the, the Kyle Korver video they had for him was really cool, given that Kyle Korver is obviously a former Buck. Yeah. So, it's really cool to have that that he passed Kyle Korver. So I thought that was really, really cool by the Bucks to have that for him. Then we get into the second half. Welcome to the Giannis show. He started attacking every single possession, no matter who was between him and the basket. And Indiana was on a three-minute drought, and a lot of that came on Miles Turner, like you said. It did not matter who or how many Pacers were between Giannis and the basket. He was getting to the basket. Oh, yeah, he was. And all this this former Giannis has no bag bullshit, he had all of it. He had spin moves. He had strength. He was finishing with both hands. He was using the glass. He was not using the glass. He was all over. The Bucks built a 16-point lead at this point. Indiana did follow with an 8-0 run. Bucks and the Pacers both ended up even with 31 points in the third quarter. Fourth quarter, we had the scuffle that you brought up already. Bobby Portis got tossed a little over a minute later. That should not have happened. Unless he said something like really specific personal to a ref. Because Obi Toppin was in Bobby Portis's ear the previous possession. 
So they should have seen that. Like they, I'm sure they didn't go all the way back to the previous play to see that Obi Toppin was talking shit to Bobby Portis, and that's what set Bobby Portis off. I don't think he should have got tossed for that. Bob or Obi Toppin was the one instigating that. I agree with that. Now, Giannis is just doing everything in the fourth quarter. He was picking pockets. He was hitting euro steps. He was getting and ones. He did a five zero gesture. That was nasty. Like he. <laughs> Dude, Giannis was just doing everything. The Bucks did get up as many as 22. They got the lead down to 10. Uh, Indiana did, and then Giannis came back in, set the franchise record, and then came back out. Um, they had the lead cut down, and obviously that's when Giannis came back in. Now, a couple things here. Fundamental failures, 24 second chance points, 24 points off turnovers, and 11 missed free throws. That adds up to 60. That is a lot. It's easily the highest I've ever seen, but a lot of that came in the garbage time, so I'm not going to harp on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bucks are up 22 points. Like, they're not going super hard at, you know, loose balls on offensive rebounds and stuff. Yeah. And that's that's also sometimes when turnovers happen, you know, guys trying to make extra, extra, extra passes led to some turnovers. I'm not going to harp on it. That's when you're playing with a 20-point lead, fundamentals, they slow down. That's just a fact. Yeah. Now, more good bench play. That was actually something I brought up last week. My underrated performer was the bench for bouncing back. Bobby Portis, Marjan, Andre Jackson Jr. combined for 28 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. Yep. Uh, the Bucks actually did a really good job of rallying to rebounds, something that they struggled with a little bit in the in-season tournament loss to the Pacers. Now, let me just throw out okay, a couple quick things. Brooke Lopez, you mentioned the 6 points, 6 blocks. Uh, Damian Lillard had 21, four rebounds, six assists. Chris Middleton had 14 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He was a rebound and three assists short of a triple-double. Now, last thing, the game ball bullshit. I do not give a fuck if your second-round pick scored his quote-unquote first points of his career, which he already scored during the in-season tournament. I don't give a shit. If you are the road team, you do not take the basketball. Yeah. If you were the home team, if this game was in Indiana and he scored his first points, I can maybe see it. You are in the You do not take a fucking basketball for a second-round pick from a dude who just set a franchise record. In their building, no. You don't. That's fucking stupid, and it was petty as fuck, and the Pacers knew it when they were in the, the, the tunnel afterwards. Like, if they knew that camera was there, they wouldn't have been saying all the shit that they were saying. Guaranteed. That was petty as hell. I agree. They were mad they got 64 dropped on them. Yeah. If you're the road team, you don't take the basketball. That's stupid. And this is where you were alluding to, you know, we holding the high standards on the, on the court because man, my respect for miles Turner dropped way down, man. Yeah. And hearing the audio from that whole situation and seeing how animated Giannis was like, Giannis doesn't just get pissed for no reason. Like, yeah, I'm going to go back to this, okay? I've said this on this show before. Why in the hell would you piss off a guy who's <laughs> already good? Like, did you just forget in the five seconds it took you to walk from the court to the locker room what he literally just did to you? Like, everybody in the world can see what he just did to you. And now you just made him mad. Like, are you stupid? Like Turner, he uh, he might drop eighty on you next game. He might just to send a point. 
I would love to see that be like a position of like a point of emphasis for the next game that Adrian Griffin just be like, all right, I had like game plan, Giannis. Giannis is the game plan. Yeah. Like we're going to set screens to get Giannis switched on a Turner and Giannis is just going to score on him every possession. I would love that. That would be so fun. I wouldn't even give a shit if we lost, if that was the play. I'm like, we're just going in to see if Giannis can fucking hit Will Chamberlain's record. Or, 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 you know, like, just be extra physical with him. Hit him with the little extra elbow every once in a while. I mean, I'm not talking dirty. There, there's, there's games within the side of the games, right? Like, everybody knows it. Like, we don't have to talk about it. Everybody knows it, right? You know? Maybe a little shoulder nudge, you know? Maybe <laughs> maybe knock him over if he's talking a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nassis. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, you. this is kind of that 90s basketball stuff where you used to have, you know, the, the big goons <laughs> on the end of the bench. Let me say this. We're not advocating for anybody to get hurt. Like, we don't want to hurt anybody. But, you know, Listen, give him a little extra. Listen, Bobby Portis is our goon, okay? We know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. If we, it, it, you just, and when you piss off, you know, Bobby Portis, I mean, you, you've done fucked up. So, um, I'm just going to say that this last thing Miles Turner is an idiot. Uh, he really is. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, I want to like you so bad. I understand that this stardom thing is kind of coming up kind of fast on you. Mm-hmm. For him to stand there and act like, I don't know. I don't know. And for the, the assistant coach to be like, blah, blah, talking with Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton. Dude, don't act like you're innocent. You know what was happening. Okay? Mm-hmm. Go in there if you really want to fix the situation. And if you're Tyrese Halliburton and you're the leader of this team and you want them to be focused on the right things, go in there, say, no, this is dumb. There's bigger fish to fry. Grab the ball. Give it to Giannis. As a game and ship kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it all goes away. But for you to they, stand there and be like, and and they have secondary balls. Give give the second round pick the secondary ball, not the guy who's like a multi time MVP and just scored a franchise record in his own building. Come on, man. That's that's seriously that's honestly that to me is the bottom line. You are in Milwaukee. You don't take a ball away from a Milwaukee player. Celtics by a million, huh? Interesting. Hmm. Better yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Isaac. I mean, it's it's not even Christmas, so yeah, it's fine. I mean, Celtics didn't win last night, but that's that is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that's seriously my bottom line. It comes down to it's it. You're in Milwaukee. You don't take the ball. Yeah, or or Tatum four for seventeen. Whichever one you want, Isaac. Oof. Whichever one you want. <laughs> Tim said Warriors by what? Tatum 50 ball. Tatum is never going to score 50 against the Bucs. I guarantee that. No, they play They play team ball and they play the Bucs because they have to. True. Um, I will say this on the Celtics. Derek White not, and Al Horford might be more clutch than Tatum and Brown. I really hate that Derek White is good and on the Celtics. Because I if, if Derek White wasn't on the Celtics, I would like him. I already know that for a fact. Isaac said good thing they're playing the Kings tonight. Yeah, okay. Um, the Kings like are not bad. Like, what are you talking about? Kings are better than the Warriors. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, yeah, it's whatever. I'll, I'll say the same thing on Porzingis. Like, I wish he didn't play for the Celtics too. Yeah, um, okay. Bucks Pistons. Now, speaking of basketball teams that are not good, 
Uh, the Pistons are kind of in shambles. Um, who's going to guard them on the Kings? Uh, it's probably going to be Keegan Murray. Little might not be fast enough, but he's got the size for it. Um, he could drop 40 on the Kings. They don't have somebody that matches up super well with him. Kings don't play a lot of defense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kings are definitely built on offense. Okay. So, Bucks Pistons, what stood out to you from Saturday night's game? Holy shit, the Pistons are really fucking bad, dude. Like, we talked about the last time the Bucks played them. Like, they have a duo. They have. And you know what? You know, talking about that, I wasn't going to bring that up yet. But talking about that, I really like Cade's game, man. Like, he's super smooth. Um, Pistons, that's where we turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be wrong about that point. I won't lie to you there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, could you imagine a Spurs Pistons game in prime or a Spurs Pistons like primetime game? Um, okay, you want to know what that would look like? Here's a fork. Here's a fork. Ah, <laughs> uh, Isaac said Ivy needs more playing time. Hey, I don't mind that. Um, Courtney, you can't see it anymore because they are all wrapped now. I had one of my wife's Christmas presents like in like over here. And I told her, I'm like, if you watch the show, it's in the background, and it's not there anymore because I wrapped all ah. the presents now. <laughs> so she tunes watch. in, and now she can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the duo that we talked about is Cade, uh, Cade Cunningham and Jalen Durant. That's that's a stud duo right there to build on. Yeah, it is. Um, Isaac said Monty came in and benched him for no reason after a solid rookie year. Could be, I don't know. Uh, it could be I have a, I have thoughts on the coaches. Let's talk about the game first because Isaac, I have thoughts on Monty Williams. Plain and simple, this game was not close. It was never close. I'm not going to make it about that. I just want to say welcome back, Pat Connaughton. I was super excited to see see our boy Pat come back. Um, Giannis shot nine times, scored 22 points. <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard was cooking a little bit, uh, 11 to 22, 6 to 14 from three. Uh, his first of three straight 30-point outings. Uh, Marjan and Andre Jackson Jr. both scored in double digits, both played with high energy. Marjan started this game on a personal 7-0 run, which was really nice to see. He caught a body as well. That was mm-hmm. also nice to see. The bench scored 30, 34 points, 10 re- – oh, no, no, I lied. The bench scored 65 points, had 22 rebounds and 10 assists. They shot 22 of 38 and 9 of 19 from three. The bench was cooking in this one. Yeah. Uh, the bench alone hit more three-pointers than the Detroit Pistons. And that's with <laughs> two of our bench players in the starting lineup. Yeah. The Pistons scored or shot six of 28 from three. They are not a good oh. three-point shooting team. They honestly – made four of those six. He probably did. They have to gut that entire team. Start from scratch. I mean, I, that's basically what they're doing right now. But they need the first thing they need to do is add shooters. They yeah. need to add shooters and defenders down low because they got neither of those things. Um, Isaac said, "Wow, I didn't know that stat. That's why you watch our show because we will get all the stats, all of the cool stats." That's true. Um, they grabbed thirty-six rebounds. The Pistons did. They did score sixty-four points in the paint. But um, other than that, really, I mean, this game was. Who on the Bucks is going to do something cool next? That's basically what this game was. Uh, Bogdan made two of them. I Jaden Ivey made two of the other ones. 
I do like Bogdan, by the way. I think he'd be an interesting guy to get on the Bucks as a bench player. They'd they'd have to trade probably Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton for him because he's yeah, making like know, eighteen million a year. Because his contract, I know. Yeah. So unless he gets bought out, if he gets bought out, the Bucks should be like the first team calling him. Probably. Um, Isaac also asked, "Do you think the Pistons shop Isaiah Stewart or Bogdan or both?" I mean, the Pistons should shop anybody that who's willing to give them anything except for Cade Duran. Um, what what is Isaiah Stewart? He is he's great all right. value. He is great value. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on his first name? Harold Montrez. He is great value. Oh. Montrez Harold. Huh. I can see it. Undersized, plays tough. I can see it. I'm not he doesn't play tough. He plays. He plays like you. He's literally like an enforcer. It's a hockey term, but he's an enforcer on a basketball court. No, I, I respect it. Okay, so Marjan in for uh, Malik Beasley, Adrian Jackson, Adrian again. We have too many guys with A's. I said it before. Andre Jackson Jr. I'm just gonna call him Ajax. I'm just gonna start getting in that habit just so to make it easier. Um, I just, those are the only two they can get reasonable, valuable for without giving up one of the guys for the future. Yeah, any like seriously, anybody except for Cade, Ivy, and Duran, anybody else that's on that team that somebody wants, trade them. Yeah, I agree. They, yeah, they they need to build around those three and their coach, which I'm going to talk about. Marjan scored the first seven points, uh, Ajax scored five of the next eight, then Giannis scored seven straight, and the Bucks were already up double digits 22 to 10. Yeah, it did not take long. No, <laughs> and then Damian Lillard started posting or started heating up. Uh, AJ Green got an offensive rebound and kicked it out to second chance points for Dame. Uh, Marjan Bochamp posted a guy. Uh, then AJ hit do three after that. The Bucks were up twenty three points to end the first quarter. That's that's just. Yeah, this game was over quick. There's a big gap in talent. Second quarter, Bobby Portis was going crazy on the on the offensive rebounds. He had back to back and ones. The Bucks got up as much as thirty, and I I will bring this up because you brought it up a lot. Marjan Bochamp got a steal and he finished a layup off of one foot. Yeah, he did. I was like, oh, he does jump off one leg. Uh, it makes me wonder if he was still kind of a little bit unsure about his his ankle. That's fair. And then you know now he's feeling good about it. Uh, a couple turnovers had the lead down to nineteen on a nine zero run for the Pistons. Uh, with two minutes left, the Bucks got it back up to 25 with back-to-back Damian Lillard threes before halftime. Second half, Bucks hitting corner threes on driving kicks. That, to me, is one of those things that makes the Bucks really, really dangerous. And we talked about, obviously, Giannis is one of the best in the NBA at driving the ball to the basket. Damian Lillard is very underrated at driving the ball to the basket. Brooke Lopez is a little underrated at driving the ball to the basket. He's got to have a center guarding him, but he, he can get there. My thing with this is if the Bucks are hitting their corner threes off of driving kicks, that makes this team super dangerous. Because Andre Jackson Jr. is hitting threes. We know Pat Connaughton can hit threes. We're going to give him a little bit of time because he's just coming back from injury. Malik Beasley can hit threes. Jay Crowder was one of our best three-point shooters before getting hurt. Campaign can shoot corner threes. Chris can shoot corner threes. Bobby can shoot corner threes. Brooke can shoot corner threes. Like, Dame can shoot any three-point line shot that there is. That's, like, nine guys that can just hit corner threes on you 
literally all game. Yeah. Reggie said it. The boys are clicking. And it's it not makes the right the Bucks, time yet, but they are clicking. Right. Super dangerous. Now, I seriously, I love like Ajax's energy on offense, defense, rebounding. Like, I love it. Yeah. And then AJ Green, he comes in, he just comes in and starts splashing. Like we've we talked about it with the Badgers. If you are Connor Asijin, do what AJ Green is doing. Agreed. He's not a good defender, but he's coming in and giving effort on defense, and then he's splashing threes. Yep. That's that's what Connor Asijin needs to do. Here is your playbook for how to get on the floor. I like that. Uh, fourth quarter, last coupling things. Uh, Bobby Portis ushering the game to the end. Ten points in the fourth quarter. Campaign had eleven points in the fourth quarter. This is another garbage time game when it comes to fundamental failures. Uh, five missed free throws. They were twenty-seven to thirty-two. That's eighty-four percent. I will take that every single game. Eighteen second chance point, or sorry, eighteen points off turnovers. Twenty second chance points. Fifteen of those came in what I will call garbage time. Uh, so without the garbage time, the fundamental failures are at twenty-eight, yeah. which I'll take. Now, this is, you brought up the three-point shooting. Without Malik Beasley, the Bucks were 19 of 42, 57% on threes. Without one of their best three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bucks, this is a thing, and it translated also to the Spurs game. Um, the Bucks were blitzing on defense and double-teamed a lot of ball handlers. I think maybe that's something that threw a guy like Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham off their rhythm a little bit. You can see the the how Griffin is his, having his handprint on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's changing the defense often. You know we're switching from zones. You know ball pressure. I mean there's a there's a lot of different things that they're doing that he talked about in his opening press conference yeah. when he got introduced. So I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing is doubling ball screens. Yeah, that's nice. Like and it's a thing too where Dame like Dame is obviously usually the guy up at top because he's guarding the point guard. Mm-hmm. But Bucks like compress the paint. Dame is just always going to the next pass, and he's just intercepting passes. That's yeah, where all of his steals are coming from. Like yeah. he's got a couple like pickpockets and tipped passes, but all like almost all of his steals are coming from getting into the like passing lane of the next pass of a guy who's in trouble, like caught under the rim. Yep. With Brooke, Giannis, and Bobby standing above them, just making you know the land of the trees. <laughs> so now my last thing on this game, Isaac brought up. Monty Williams. Detroit has the highest paid coach in the NBA. They do. To take 23 straight L's. The Bucks are 18 and 7. The Phoenix Suns are 13 and 12. All three of these teams have new coaches. Which one do you think has done the most whining about their new coach? Oh, Bucks for sure, dude. It's easily been the Bucks. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That there has been this much whining about the coaching 25 games into the season under a new coach with a bunch of roster turnover. People need to have some damn patience. I'm sick of saying it. People need to chill out. Let's add this in there. Let's add this in there. This is Griffin's first ever head coaching gig. No, that's why he was unqualified. No, he looks pretty qualified. He looks like he's, he's got better records than guys with previous experience. Yeah. 
it people need to watch our show. Like I'm not even like trying to be like, oh, we're better than everybody else. But like when it comes to advocating for for patience and a little bit of perspective, that's that's what we do. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to the second game of the back to back. Let's talk about Bucks and Rockets. Rockets are fun, man. They they can kind of be a thorn in the buck side, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And we talked about liking like Shengun. Like I like his style of play. Yeah, he's he's fun. I won't lie. Um, they got a, they got a couple fun guys over there. And they have uh, fun. one of your least favorite players. Um, two, I'll say two of them. Fred Van Vliet is like my least favorite player because he just like when he was on the Raptors, like he would just make like twenty of twenty two three pointers. Like it would just. <laughs> Him and fucking Grant Williams the last couple of years, dude. It's like, why, why, why them? I don't even hate Grant Williams. I like don't now either. that he's on the Mavericks, I really like him. Yeah, I agree. And dude, like he's he's got potential to be so good defensively. Like he doesn't need to flop, but he's a flopper. Like stop it. Yeah, I agree. So now that he's on the Mavericks, I feel like I can like him a little bit more. It helps that he's in the West, so we don't have to see him as often either. But true. No, Dylan Dylan Brooks is he's a clown. Yeah, he's uh, – I'm just going to say what I, I wanted to say about him. If he would just stop with the dumb antics, mm-hmm. he actually has game. Mm-hmm. Like, he in this game did a pump fake, one hard dribble with his left hand, got to the mid-range. I forgot who was guarding him on the Bucks, But they were going like he was going to go to the rim. He just stops, pulls up, cashes it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that was a great move. He got to the rim a couple times too, and I think that's why it might have been, it might have been like like Marjan or Ajax actually. It, I mean, that was a great move, bro. That was a yeah. I I strongly agree with you. He's got game. He's just he got, doing he, way he, too much extra shit. He just I don't know what the hell he got going on up here, but he needs to quit with all that shit. Yeah. Um. And he, why would he try to intimidate LeBron? Okay, I'm just gonna say that again. And Giannis too. Like he was trying to like talk shit to Giannis because he scored on him once. Like, bro, levels, okay? I, yeah, I, I, I said you have game. Three times. <laughs> like, like, you have game. You're not the reason that people came to the game, okay? Like, realize That's where fair. you fit in. Yep. So, another guy that might be a reason that you go to the game, his name is Demian Lillard. By the way, they're both on our team. He had 39, 5, and 11. I mean, absolutely cooking. It, it feels nice to have a, a point guard that, when Fred Van Vliet comes up and hits a three-pointer, that our point guard can hit two three-pointers hit his three-pointer. <laughs> That's really nice. And he could also pressure him a little bit more on the offensive end, make him play defense, tire him out that way, yeah. where it was kind of flip side with Drew, right? Where Drew would kind of bang you on defense and, yeah. and, and tire you out that way, and then he would get his buckets the other way. So, you know, we're kind of seeing the flip side and the winning side of that. Um, the Bucs shot 50% from the field. Rockets are 52.9. So, I mean, both teams, this game was really fluid in my opinion. Um, the The Rockets shot 11-27 from three. The Bucks were 13-36. to So, both teams were shooting good there. We dominated them on the boards. That's one of the biggest things that I thought where we, mm-hmm. we killed them on the boards, and that was one of the biggest, you know, turning points for me. Yep. And it was really, really nice. I mean, Giannis had 26-17, and 17, so really good game for him. But Chris Milton with 20 and Brooke Lopez with 18. So in this game, in my opinion, is when it looks like we have a big four. Mm. So that's mm. a really, really big thing. Um, 
Chris Middleton only shot one of five from three. If he if he gets that up to three for five and you know he's starting to have you know 26 along with Giannis having 26 and Dane having 39, people are gonna be in trouble. We're we're gonna have games where those three add up to like 80 or 90 points. Oh yeah. People are gonna be in trouble pretty soon. And Brooke <laughs> Lopez is just gonna randomly have eight blocks again. <laughs> and he'll have games where he scores 15 or 20. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I feel you on the 160 thing. Because, like, it's going to happen once. It's going to happen one time. I hope it's against, like, the Bulls because Chicago deserves it. It's going to happen, like, one time where, like, everybody is going to be hitting at the same time. And the Bucks are going to shoot, like, 65% on threes for a game. And they're going to just beat the hell out of some poor team. It's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen once. Like, there's 82 games. It's going to happen once where everybody is just hitting at the same time. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> um, so this was the this was the Andre Jackson Jr. game that really stood out to me. He made two crazy passes in the first quarter, and then he got an alley-oop as, a, like, a reward from the basketball gods. Yeah. And this, it was in the first quarter, actually, that Dylan Brooks talked shit to Giannis – and then got scored on twice in a row. <laughs> yeah. Life comes at yeah. you fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Damian Lillard had 15 points, five assists, and three rebounds in the first quarter alone. Yeah. Um, Giannis started the second quarter on an absolute tear. Like, all of the guys had their one quarter. Giannis started six straight points in the second quarter. Marcus uh, Marcus Johnson actually did a really good job of breaking down uh, the two-man game between Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to how kind of Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell work in the post together. Uh, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis had a little bit of that. And Marcus Johnson actually did a really good job breaking that down during the game. Andre Jackson Jr., his energy and defense leading into the offense. Houston, similar to Indiana, has nobody for Giannis. Or Damian Lillard. Both of them going to the rim, just constant scoring. Uh, Houston actually came in really good defensively. They brought this up a bunch of times during the broadcast that they were like the third or fourth best defense in the NBA. Bucks dropped 71 on them in the first half. That's that's a lot of points. Dame had 20 points, 7 assists. Giannis had 17 points and 8 rebounds, and the Bucks were up 11 points at halftime. Third quarter, the lead got down to 5. Andre Jackson Jr. was guarding Fred Van Vliet for a little while. Um, Pat Connaughton, his second game back, and he already gets elbowed in the nose. Dude, it's not a it's not a basketball game until Pat Connaughton gets hit in the face. It, yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a basketball game until Pat Connaughton is bleeding. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard and Bobby Portis made back to back threes that put the lead back up to twelve. Damian Lillard got a steal and a score, put the Bucks up fourteen. They were up nine going into the fourth quarter. Dame already had thirty two and ten. Hmm. Fourth quarter, Giannis had blood like coming from his hand. He got scratched by Jeff Green uh, in like a, a melee for a rebound. Not mm-hmm. a, not anything like malicious or like you know Jeff Green wasn't trying to scratch him or anything. It just happened. Jeff Green like trim your nails shorter, I guess. Like nothing bad intended for it, but Giannis had to go out of the game because he was bleeding from the side of his hand, and it was gross. Because at one point, like they cleaned him up, and then he's standing there and he goes like this and like flexes his hand, and it just like pours out. And I'm like, Ugh. that was gross. Yeah. So he had to come out. Chris Middleton's prime Michael Jordan mode was then activated. <laughs> he, he scored 12 blood. straight points, dude. Yeah. 
He had 14 points in the fourth quarter. Chris Middleton has six points. You're like, oh, wow, we're actually doing a really good job with Chris Middleton. And it reminds me of that Iman Shumpert story where, where he's playing against Kobe, and Kobe's like, man, you had a great game. And then Chris just scores 12 straight points. <laughs> like, you're in a game where Giannis has a double-double. Damian Lillard has a double-double, and he's got, like, 33 points. Yeah. And then Chris Middleton just scores 12 straight on you. Yeah, well. <laughs> It's fun. Um, and it was fun because, like, the Rockets got the lead back down to three. Mm-hmm. And Chris and Giannis pushed the lead back up to nine. Chris Middleton had those 12 straight points. That was broken by Damian Lillard snatching Alper and Shengun's ankles and hitting a three. Yeah, that was gross. Dude, he looked at him. He looked, did you see that? He, he pulled it back and he looked right at him. And then he hit the three. I was like, oh, no. You can't look at him, bro. That's, oh, that's the rude part. Man. That's the rude part, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Uh, a bunch of technicals. I think Dylan Brooks just wanted to get tossed from the game. Oh. Same with Ime Udoka. Uh, I think they both oh. wanted to get tossed. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, like, buddy. I'm here. Are you here? I'm here. I think oh, I I'm think here. Dylan Brooks and Ime Udoka wanted to get tossed. Yeah, I, dude. Udoka is such a douche. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. He, he's a douche. I'm sorry. I just don't like that guy. I don't like anything. I don't like any way that he carries himself. He's just an, he's an asshole. And and Dylan Brooks, like, flopping. Dude, you didn't get two hands shoved. You yeah, just settled on, down. Man. He, like, flopped into the first row, and he's like, shove, shove, shove. And then he's, like, swearing at the refs, dropping end bombs. Like, dude. What I'm saying. And it was not any sort of like shove out of bounds that made him act like he did. For him to like overreact like that is kind of crazy, to be honest. Like, I understand like being upset about something when you think that you deserve a call because like every player does it, right? But for you to like sit there and act like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't call that. That's just stupid, man. Like, that's the shit I'm talking about. Stop. Yeah. What are we doing here? Just acting stupid. So, Andre Jackson Jr. did follow out, but he played well. Played meaningful minutes. He had nine points, six rebounds, four assists. The Bucks mm-hmm. defense, slowly but surely, starting to figure things out. Patience, like we said. You brought up the rebounding. The Bucks only gave up two second chance points. Mm-hmm. They gave up 19 points off turnovers. That is something that's kind of, kind of like a calling card, I guess. Um, and seven missed free throws. Six of them were by Giannis. The Bucks as a team were uh, 25 for 32. That's 78%. I will take that as well. Uh, 28 fundamental failure points. I'll take that all day. 28's not bad. I like 28. That's fine. Yeah. Anytime they're under like, like 33, 35, I like that. I agree. Especially for a team that we knew was going to take a step back defensively. But that said, let's go to last night's game. Bucks and Spurs. What stood out to you last night? Two things. Okay. Yeah. So, first of all, the Bucks have been dominating first quarters during this five-game mm. winning streak. Okay. During the five-game winning streak, they're averaging 38.6 points, shooting 59% from the field, 45% from three. They scored a season high in first in, in points in any quarter with 44 last night. Yeah. Uh, they improved to 14 and 0 when scoring 30 plus in the first quarter of the season. That's a great stat. Next one, Damian Lillard also, he passed career points. 
So congratulations to Damian Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. He's the 51st player to have 20,000 career points. He's the eighth point guard to pass 20,000 mm. career points. So congratulations mm. to him. And Damian Lillard is averaging six points in the first quarter over the last three games. So, I mean, he's just – he's coming out when when they, they throw the ball up. Damian Lillard's like, game time. Okay, we're doing this thing. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to hand the ball to Giannis. He's going to dunk on you for a few minutes. Chris Middleton's going to do some stuff. Bobby Porter's going to – Seems like we're having some technical difficulties. Yeah, a little bit. I lost you. Bobby Portis doing some stuff. He's a guy yeah. actually. We have, we should probably look at his uh, first quarter stats. I should have looked that up for my power pair, but he's been really good, like in the first quarters of games lately too. First halves. Yeah, why don't you take over? I'm gonna I'm gonna check my stuff out here. <clears throat> All right. So San Antonio scored the first two points of the game, and then the Bucks went on an 18 to one run. They were just like, "All right, we're just gonna score all of the points." The Bucs were just mm-hmm. raining threes. They started six for 11 from the three-point line. Uh, Bobby Portis was in rhythm. He had 12 points in five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I do really like this. I need to go back because I actually want to clip some plays of this. Andre Jackson Jr. is working the dunker area. He is. Um, it's one of those things where Giannis is kind of catching the ball at the three-point line, and then Andre Jackson Jr. is just kind of floating behind the defense. And it's not even so much that he's looking to score from that spot on the floor. You know, he's not looking to get like a one dribble and a, and a drop step to the other side of the rim. Andre Jackson Jr. is getting down into the dunker area looking for the ball to hit out to the corners. When the Bucks really kind of have that fully going, like Pat Connaughton is a guy I could see in that role. I could see Jay Crowder in that role or as one of the guys in the corners. When the Bucks have that high-low going, where it's not, you know, looking for a, a low post up, but it's going to be the the lower defender coming up to double team Giannis. Andre is one; he's going to get some dunks off of it. And two, mm-hmm. the Bucks are going to again some earmuffs. The Bucks are going to fuck teams up on shooting corner threes. When that ball mm-hmm. goes down to the block and then out to the corners because the defense collapses, dude, that's going to ruin teams. And it yeah, did it in this game. Because the Bucks, their three-point shooting was insane. Damian Lillard was absolutely scorching hot in the first quarter. 19 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Second quarter, the Bucks' defense was actually something that I noticed. They were swarming all over the place. It forced San Antonio to have to play a lot of isolation. Like it's something you kind of really have to really like be looking for to notice it. But the Bucks swarming around in the first and second quarter, the second half. San Antonio played a lot of isolation. And with that, obviously fewer passes, so there was less swarming on defense. Mm-hmm. That's something where the Bucks made the other team adjust to something that they probably didn't want to do. That's fair. Especially a Greg Popovich coach team, because Greg Popovich's teams are known for their ball movement. Yeah, they are. Uh, the Bucks throughout the second quarter, steadily held a 13-17 to 17 point lead. The third quarter, the lead got down to about eight. And then... The Bucks went a Brook Lopez dunk, a Damian Lillard three, a Chris Middleton three, and the lead was back to 16. Damian Lillard was insanely hot. And we talked about this. And this is one of those things where it's like we love it because it's our team. Damian Lillard was seven for nine on threes, and we're, we're talking about it. And it's just like, this is just stupid. It's just stupid. 
Like, his heat checks are going in. Yeah. Like, he's coming off screens and just like, I'm going to throw it up. And it's just straight cash. And it's just like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, imagine this happens in, like, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Bucks Celtics and Damian Lillard just catches fire for five games. That's what we need. Oh, man. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Giannis hit his triple-double already in the third quarter. Andre Jackson hit a three that put the lead all the way up to 24. The Bucks, after San Antonio cut the lead to eight, the Bucks went on a 33 to 19 run. Oh. Uh, Damian Lillard got up to 37 points. San Antonio had a lot of one and done possessions. Um, the fourth quarter, San Antonio had a 14 to two run to cut the lead to 12. Um, and then the Bucks went on a 10 2 to run. Dame hit 40 for the first time as a Milwaukee Buck. And that was pretty much it. Now, the thing with this is. So I saw some people commenting about it in, in some Bucks groups, and I went and said on one of them, this is Giannis understanding the assignment. So somebody brought up that Giannis uh, only had 11 points, mm-hmm. but he had a career-high 16 assists. San Antonio was doubling Giannis pretty much every chance they got. They weren't going to let Giannis score 64 on him. So they weren't going to let him get his career-high in points, but Giannis did get his career-high in assists. So... There's that, uh, and I brought it up. They are 5-0 and since that quote-unquote turmoil in the locker room that people were freaking out about after the in-season tournament lost to the Pacers. People just need to calm down. Things are going to be okay. We are in the end of December, not the beginning of April. And also the Pacers are 0-3 since the, they tried to steal the basketball. They now 1-3. They did win one game. They have won one game since they beat the Bucks. Did they? I thought they'd lost. Oh. I think they beat the Pistons actually as the one team they won. Oh, that makes that makes more sense. I don't I can't say for sure if the, the Pistons are the team they beat, but I know they have one win since uh the, the, the graphic that I saw was they have one win since Halliburton did the Dame Time thing. Oh yeah, the Dame Time thing. I'm talking the uh since they tried to steal the ball from Giannis. Oh yeah, that. Yep. They lost to the Oops. Wizards, they lost to the Timberwolves, and they lost to the Clippers. They play the Hornets tonight. If they lose to the Hornets, bro, they fucked up. <laughs> they messed with the basketball gods. <laughs> okay. So, four missed free throws, nine points off turnovers, 10 second chance points, fundamental failures, 23. That is super low. I love that. I'm with it. Uh, Brad said Giannis is finding Dame where he wants it. Absolutely. That's another one of those things where it's just a little bit of time and those things are going to start clicking. Damian Lillard said it. He was just getting started. And now all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. He went 30, 30, 30, 40. Dude. I still think my favorite play, I mean, there was a lot of crazy plays. I mean, the the three where he shot like off the screen, that was fucking dumb. That was awesome. The one where like Giannis was driving and he sees Dame and he just kind of one hand passes it and Dame just catches it like a guy's not in his face he just catches it and shoots it like he's warming up and it just nothing but the bottom of the net and it's just like oh that was <laughs> that was what i envisioned when i saw that trade go through right there yeah that was nice. uh, yeah and brad brought it up middleton getting healthier gets helps both Giannis and dane that's only going to give them more space yep i mean or well, you can give Chris Middleton really. space and let him shoot 45 percent on threes like i'm cool with that too I mean, and Giannis not, and Dame can both average eight or plus, like eight or more assists a game. I mean, Giannis, Giannis talked about it as well. I mean, Middleton getting better helps everybody. It really does. Mm-hmm. He puts everybody in the right spots. Um, he's another shooter. He's another spacer. 
He's another playmaker on this team. So I mean, he is a playmaker. People need him, to put some respect on that. Him He's, being on there is is good. Yeah, um, I was, man, I was hoping to see Victor versus. Giannis. I know, and I guarantee you, people bought tickets looking to see Giannis and Wemby go against each other. Man, I almost bought tickets for Aiden and I. I was I was like Aiden, we should go see Wemby Yama's rookie year. I would have been so pissed. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I mean, not that he was sitting out for rest or whatever. He right, right. Yeah, he it wasn't did like turn a his ankle, people. Thing. Yeah, and he's not—he's not ducking the matchup, like not saying anything like that. Hey, Jokic hasn't played in Milwaukee in a little bit, so he might—he might be the one that's ducking. That's all I'm saying. He, he better mean, play Milwaukee this year. He doesn't want a dent in his chest from Giannis going at him. <laughs> no, they'd probably make Aaron Gordon guard him. Yeah, they would. All right, so the Bucks have three games between now and next Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow against the Magic, and then Saturday and Monday against the Knicks. Uh, it seems like the Bucks and Knicks are the Christmas tradition from now on for the NBA. That's just the matchup. Uh, it's Bucks and Knicks, and then the 76ers and Celtics. That's just what it is, I guess. So I'm going to say 3-0. The Bucks are getting healthier. I'm going to give Pat Connaughton and Malik Beasley a little bit of time to kind of get back. Um, Beasley after his illness and Pat after his injury. Uh, he's he's been out for like a month, so I'm gonna give him some time to get healthy before I start worrying about his three point percentage. Yeah, as right. should other people. Give him, you know, five ten games to to get his rhythm back and his game speed and his conditioning all back before people are freaking out that he's not shooting well from the three point line. Hey, he made the cool three pointer yesterday to give Giannis the triple double. So let's True. give him that. Okay. True. And, and the thing is, he's always gonna play with effort. Yep. And. We know when it comes to the playoffs that he can make the clutch threes. He can, and he's not afraid of any assignment or any shot. Yep, absolutely. All right, what are you thinking for a record? I'm going to say 3-0. Oh, I'm thinking 3-0 as well. I cannot wait to watch Giannis and Dame take over New York to start everybody's Christmas morning. It's going to be fantastic. Um, hopefully coupled with a, a Packers W this weekend. Mm. That would be fantastic. Uh, Badgers, so Badgers play Friday. Uh, Packers play Sunday, and then you know we got. So know, here we go: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. It's Bucks, Badgers, Bucks, Packers, Bucks. Let's just get a bunch of dubs and have a good yeah. time. Let's go five and zero oh this week. Let's let's call it a good week uh, and, and have a good Christmas. Merry birthday, Jesus! Uh, let's let's do it all. All right, we will see everybody back. Then we'll be back on Friday night for our Packers show. And then we will be back again next Wednesday for the Badgers and Bucks. And I believe we are also going to have a Brewers guest on next Wednesday as well. We've kind of been planning that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Tim, you have a great Christmas also. Everybody, thank you for commenting along. We'll see you Friday night. Yes, sir. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.